Welcome to the Ain't That the Truth podcast. I'm Revy Melissa, your host. We are here to proclaim that truth's name is Jesus. We rely on the Bible to explore, understand, and grow in absolute truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ain't That the Truth. This is Revy Melissa, and I am so excited that you have decided to join us today. As promised, we have special guest, Pastor Cherokee Parker, with us, and we are going to be talking about purity. So, to get us started, I wanted to give a definition of purity because I found it quite interesting. The definition that I found is freedom from adulteration or contamination. So keep that in mind as we're talking about purity because we're going to be talking about, first off, physical purity, which is probably what y'all were thinking. But we're also going to be talking about purity of the heart, purity of the mind, and purity of the soul slash spirit. So I'm going to let Pastor Cherokee take it away with physical purity. Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's good to be back. I'm glad I get to be able to be with you again. Uh, We talked a little bit about this just privately a few weeks ago, and purity is something that I'm super passionate about. But I think part of the reason I'm passionate about it would probably be a negative for some people. And that is the whole thing of purity culture that's in our uh, kind of coming out right now. So for me personally, purity culture, it doesn't have a negative connotation. I know that for some that it does, but purity culture comes from the desire for pe- people to remain pure, remain pure in relationships, remain pure in your your heart, all of those things that you've talked about. But for me personally, uh, the purity, keeping yourself pure, like bodily, bodily purity and along that with that comes the mind. I don't think that you can separate, like we're going to talk about these a little bit differently in in from different angles, but I don't think that you can separate all three of them. I, I think that they it is all one. And for me, we hound purity and have for a long time with our kids because we want our kids to remain pure until marriage. We don't want them to get into a situation that leads them down a path. And I know, you know, uh, what is the scripture that talks about? Uh, oh, like corruption breeds corruption. Mm -hmm. So we want them to remain pure. And the way to do that is to have pure friendships, pure relationships. And so we've kind of trained them and raised them up with the thought that they want to remain pure for marriage. I think that's when we talk about purity, that's a lot of where the direction where people go. And I think the negative connotation about purity in that respect is people, um, because they were raised under such an oppressive oppressive idea of purity, it makes it difficult for them when they do get married. If they've remained pure until marriage, there's a lot of questions like, oh, well, how does this work? What goes on? And I think that we need to be honest and truthful with young people at the right time. So mm-hmm. you're not, you're not going to tell a, a, a child what goes on between a husband and wife. You're going to talk as they become a teenager, hey, you know, these are some things you need to be aware of and understand. And you do it in a way that is age appropriate. Mm-hmm. We don't ever want to talk about purity, uh, like sexual purity or your body purity within your body in a way that it that leads young people to have that door open. And I always quote in the Song of Solomon, it says, it actually Song of Solomon 2, 7, 3, 5, and 8, 4. It says it three times. Anytime scripture says something more than what you want to pay attention. Absolutely. Um, it says, promise me a woman of Jerusalem by the gazelles and the wild deer, do not awaken love until the time is right. And so that's like, that's my mantra when it comes to purity. Don't stir up those emotions. Don't stir up those feelings. Don't walk down that path. And, you know, some people might say we're a little, I'm, I'm a little bit prudish. I, I, 
I have a hard time with intimacy and talking about intimacy just because of my own history and past and some of the things that have come up as being a teenager and and learning about things, maybe not necessarily that were in a godly way. And so I think that it's important for us to tie in talking about those things in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord and allows people to be able to express themselves. So for me personally, I raised my kids and I know some people are going to be like, I can't believe this, <laughs> but my kids don't watch like kissing scenes like on TV. They, they have like been trained to turn their heads or close their eyes. Anything that is any kind of intimacy between two people, they, they've not watched those things. And my daughter said when she was uh, probably about middle school, she was at a friend's house and they were watching something and a kissing scene came on and she turned her head and there were several other girls in the room and they were watching with their mouths open, just uh, like in awe of this scene. And she said, I understood in that moment why you had tried to protect my heart, why you had encouraged me not to open myself up to those things. Because the minute that you begin to open yourself up to things that are um, of an intimate nature, you're, I mean, God, God designed us that way. He designed us to be, you know, married and, and be husband and wife. But the minute you start opening that door, it makes it really hard to shut. Mm-hmm. And so for her, she recognized in that moment. And even now my son's 15 and he's, they'll be kissing and it can be cartoons. <laughs> and they'll turn their heads or they'll be like, mom, mom, you know, it's important. And maybe that's a little too far, but it has made them very aware mm-hmm. of being able to protect themselves in that area. So one of the things along those lines, when we're talking about a purity of the body or sexual purity, because that's really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people don't like that word, like sexual purity. But that is an area that the enemy just tries to attack. And we're seeing that happen even today. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into politics because this is supposed to be about the Lord. And But that is something that it's it's entrenched in our culture and our society of tearing down what it means to be pure sexually. So mm-hmm. we're lo- watching like the demise of them pushing back and pushing and saying, hey, you know, homosexuality, that's fine. Uh, and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. scripture even says, and, and I thought it was funny because um, when I'm, when I was in a teenager, I was in a relationship and this guy was, it ended up being, a, a, he called himself bisexual, but he was cheating on me with his best friend. And that just totally reshaped and redirected my life. And that's a a story for another day. But the point of it is, is that when I was going through that and trying to figure out what God said about homosexuality, what God said about being pure sexually, about being pure of body, um, he drew me to some scriptures. And I know a lot of people say, oh, you're taking this out of context. But in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, I think the Lord is funny because, um, you know, in the world, those numbers are not, they're not a positive thing. They're, you know, they use them, the world will take anything and skew it. But um, Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, so we know right off the bat, if we're doing something that's that's not of God, then we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't fool yourselves. Like, Hey, you know, there's a lot of people out there, even today, fooling themselves, mm-hmm. allowing themselves to think that something is right or righteous when it is not. Um, it says those who indulge in sexual sin uh, or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. And then it goes on to say that some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. So it, it says, and, and by the spirit of our God. 
So there's a way out. There's a way to walk in purity. So if you've ever been in a situation where maybe you were abused, maybe something has happened to you, you can walk out of purity because God's word says all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord Jesus and you will be pure. You will be cleansed. And so I think for me personally, sexual purity and purity of of your body is a very expansive and deep. And it's very personal because I want to remain pure before the Lord. And there are moments in my life that have not been pure. I mean, I'm not going to stand before anybody and say, I've always walked a righteous life. That's mm-hmm. That would be false. But there, and you know how I am. I like to be real. I like to yes. be, what's it, transparent. I'm super mm-hmm. transparent with people. If you got, came before me and talked with me, I would, I would just lay it out, you know? But I think that if we want our children and want ourselves to walk purely, then we have to follow God's word wholly. And so you can't just pick and pull and say, oh, well, this was for a different time or this doesn't mean this. No, God's word is true and it it is black and white. Right here, you can read it. And yes, I've pulled it out. But if you go and read the whole thing, it backs up what it's saying and what I'm saying. So that's kind of a long and short of of what I think of sexual purity. Um, And it's a really big topic. We could talk about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she's sitting across from me smiling. (laughs) It's hard to talk about myself. But, Uh you know, I want my kids to remain pure for marriage. And that's Mm -hmm. hard in this society. Um, I've talked with several of my friends, one of which has a son. And I said, you know, you have a different angle um, that you're coming at it. Girls in today's society they tend to be more aggressive. They tend to be more flaunty. They tend to, you know, want to, to, they try to pull men into their attraction. And then you have the flip side, which is what I have with Emmeline and my daughter (laughs) said her name, um, is that, you know, guys are not coming out and saying, hey, I'm interested in you, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything that, that, I have a niece as well. Everything that they do is they've been raised to be women of God who are going to save themselves from marriage, who are walking in purity, and they're looking for a mate who would be the same. And it's hard. It's hard to find that. It's hard to find people who are walking in righteousness. And so I know for me personally, I would love to see more men rise up because I have a daughter right now. I'm trying to raise my son that way, but I have a daughter that's getting to that age. I would love to see more men, men rise up and say, you know, what? I'm going to walk boldly before the Lord. I'm, I'm going to walk in sexual purity. Mm-hmm. And if you've made a mistake, because I mean, we live in a sinful fallen world. We make mistakes. Come back before the Lord. It says all you have to do is call the name of the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus and, and he'll wash you clean. So that's kind of where I am with that. We can kind of talk more about this as we get into some of these other topics of heart. Was it heart, mind, heart. soul? So why don't you lead us into some of those? Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about the heart next. So the first scripture that I had was Matthew 5, 8, which is part of the Beatitudes, which are like my favorite. Um, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I think a lot of times when we think about purity, don't look at me. Um, they, <laughs> I don't like to be looked at when I'm talking. Um, they think about just, you know, physical purity, but we need to be pure before God in our heart in the way that we think and the way that we act. And because uh, we Those know are very that tied it, together. Exactly. Like, the way the being pure in heart and pure pure like for me it's all tied Mm -hmm. your body is tied because your soul is a part of that and then your heart is a part of that like it's all intertwined yeah it's like the layers of an onion right so yes um purity of the heart and that's almost just as hard as purity of the body 
purity of the body is more out there, so mm-hmm. I think that we notice it more. But just as many people are not pure in heart as they are not pure in. It's easier in to body. see when someone's not walking in purity it, mm-hmm. it, with their with their whole like with the their outer body. Exactly, it's harder to see if somebody's not walking in purity within their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, people try to hide those things. You know, just about to get there. So yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, like she said, people try to hide that. They try to act like, you know, I've got it all put together when they're not really pure in heart. But, I mean, the Lord does not look at what man looks at. Man looks at the word appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Oh, okay. Children's church. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so we really need to be mindful of purity of the heart. And so I, I kind of wanted to talk about that today and, and some steps that we can take to be pure in heart. But I wanted to read some more scripture first. So 2 Corinthians 7.11, if y'all want to turn with me, because I actually have a real Bible today. <laughs> I They have no, they know because I had a whole rant on one of my podcast episodes that I do not do the online Bible because people can change that. They can. A lot more easily than they can change um, the printed Bible. So I'm all for printed Bibles. Um, and I got that actually from you because you yeah. used to say that all the time. I, I prefer a printed Bible. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what did I say? Second Corinthians seven one um, says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So of course, like she said, it's saying it more than once that we need to be pure in our heart. But how do we do that? What do you think? What is, what are some ways we can do that? So I want to make to this be, a conversation. Well, so. yeah, to be pure in heart, you really well. I mean, it starts with God's word. I mean, yes, reading God's word, studying God's word, and I think too. So I so said, out of what, out of the mouth. What is it? Out of the out of the heart, heart the, mouth. the mouth speaks. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you've put in your heart, God's word says, "Hide, hide my word in your heart that you might not sin against God." What you've put in your heart comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes while people try to hide it, you know, when they're talking, that really reveals what's really going on inside. If you're really spending time with someone, and so I think that, I think that being pure of heart means that you are really trying to be in tune with the Lord, trying to be in tune with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. You're seeking Him with everything that you have. Your heart can't be pure if it's not covered in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So you're seeking Him with your whole heart. So I think that's one of the things is you're spending time in His presence and He knows your heart because you've spent time with Him. Mm -hmm. And it's also inviting Him into those deep places. And it's not comfortable at all to invite him into those spaces but allowing him to come because he's the only one that can purify you anyways yeah well scripture says that he will purify you from all unrighteousness so we become holy when we've spent time when we spend Mm -hmm. time in the presence of the lord absolutely and in prayer yeah which is a dialogue and not a monologue i know i say that in almost every (laughs) episode but it is it is you have to spend time listening i mean if you're spending every all every moment talking if you like if you had a friend and you were with them and they spent the whole time talking about themselves how would that make you feel like you you would walk away being like what in the world it's the same thing with the lord we need to spend time listening and one of the ways that we can listen is by reading his word he speaks to us through his word Mm -hmm. so i think that's an important part but i think purative heart also is when you speak out things, you're speaking. If you're if you have a pure heart, you're speaking out the things of the Lord 
to those around you. If you have a negative heart or you have not are not walking in purity of heart, you're going to speak out things that are not not positive. You're going to speak negative. And so people who are, that's how you know, that's one of the ways you can know if somebody's not have a pure heart or walking in purity of heart, you can say, are they always negative? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Am I always negative? Okay. We got to make some changes in, my, in our life. You know, that's a way you can check yourself. Take your temperature and be like, hmm, that's not good. And also have friends that will let you know when you're being like that. Because it's often hard, especially we all have seasons where life gets tough and we can be complaining and negative. But having those friends that will be like, yo, Revy, Melissa, get it together. Yeah. You know, Pastor Cherokee's had to do that with me before, and, you know, it's good to have friends like that. Yeah. It's good to have friends that will call you out in a loving way. In a love, yes, I was about to say There's that. In a, a loving difference. way, please, yes. There's a huge difference. Like, um, I think it's important. And truly, if you've spent time with one another, you can call each other out that mm-hmm. way. You can't, have, you can't affect change in the life of somebody you don't know well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not possible. You, you have to be, you have to have that face-to-face, that time spent. Just like, and it's the same, like, uh, our personal relationships with each other are the same. It gives us an example, a, an actual physical example of what it is like to have that really kind of relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord. And so okay. if you don't spend time. And truly knowing somebody instead of just knowing about them. Yeah. When you know their personality and you really, truly know them, you'll know when they're struggling yeah. or when something's up and they need to be recentered. Yeah. Or when they're just having a bad day and they need to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. All right. So now we're going to talk about purity of the mind, which I think is probably the hardest because it's not just like, I'm not talking about like having dirty thoughts about other people or whatever, but I'm talking about like even negative thoughts yeah. or self-destructive thoughts that we all have or anything that is not of God is basically impure. So, um, impure, whatever. And I so, think too, your mind is hard to control. Like it, it's hard to control, mm-hmm. you know, because your, your thoughts wander or they go off in a other directions. So I think, you know, uh, Scripture says to take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important that we're taking every thought captive every day and reminding our minds that they have to come under the blood of Jesus, that they have to submit to his authority. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know that people will be like, that's kind of weird, but our minds can get off track and you have to bring them back and say, no, this is what scripture says. And being very intentional about that as well. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sometimes we cannot... Because the way, because I'm a psychology major, so I love everything about the mind and the brain. We cannot necessarily control what thoughts pop in our head, but we can control if we feed those thoughts or if we starve those thoughts and let them, like, just flee. Yeah. And so that's our choice. So, like, yes, you can have a negative thought, but you discard that and that's your choice. And I think, too, negative thoughts or things to be pure of mind, because when I think of the mind, my... Your eye, like your eye, what your eyes consume affect what goes on in your brain. So what you see. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about purity, we talked about purity of body, but when purity, purity of body also is keeping your eyes pure. And what your eyes see affects the mind. Mm-hmm. So if you're allowing yourself to watch things or look at things or even your ears listening to things that are not of the Lord, those things go into your mind. And like you said, you continue to feed them. Mm-hmm. That will continue to grow, and it becomes a stronghold in your life. If you starve it out, you can cast it out. It's like picking, pulling weeds and saying, "Nope, you're gone." You know. So if you're if you continually allow yourself to do things or see things or hear things that are not of God, that will affect your mind. And I think people get desensitized to that. I think that a lot of times people will watch something or hear something and be like, "Ah, oh, it's not a big deal." No, it does. It affects you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're going through a tough time, like if you're in your word all the time and listening to worship music all the time, that's the stuff that's going to pop in your mind when you're having a rough time versus, you know, every other word, the book that that could pop in your head. Because I know for me, since I read the word a lot, not that I'm bragging, but I do. I spend time in the word every day. When I'm having a rough day, it's scripture that plays over in my head, not, you know, other song lyrics or whatever I could be listening to. Yeah. So it's very important. So make sure that what you're listening to on those long car rides you know, or pure, or when you're, you know, cleaning and you have that music on, make sure it's pure stuff. Because, like she said, it doesn't matter. And I think, too, like, so we went through a season. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's funny now. But and I think God takes us through different seasons of our lives. So when I was in high school, I had a lot of secular music. I loved, there was a lot of artists that I, and I still enjoy them today. I don't listen to them on a regular basis or anything like that. But I had a nice CD collection really nice (laughs) I'm aging myself right now Uh, but I had a really nice CD and um, I was in service one night at youth group and the Lord told me to get rid of it and so I did and you know there's times when the Lord has caused me to clean out and it's because it was becoming an idol or it was it was becoming something it didn't need to be in my life and usually if I'm listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit he will challenge me and correct me and cause me to submit and it's either submit and follow or not submit and walk away like those are the choices so i got rid of all of my stuff and even now sometimes i cringe i was like that was so much music and i'm not saying that secular music is bad but i think that it can be come bad mm-hmm. if it if it takes the place of reading your Bible, if it takes the place of worship, if it takes the place of something else, there's nothing wrong with listening to something on occasion. But if that becomes your primary source, that's what's feeding your soul. That's what's feeding your mind. And that's Mm -hmm. where you will go. So if songs all about breakups, I know there's an artist right now that's on tour, I'm not gonna say name, but um, that's on tour. And they're (laughs) a great entertainer. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen some of footage from the concerts. And I'm like, man, this person's a great entertainer. But their music is primarily about breakups. Yep. And so how is that healthy? You know, how it's not, you know, not that they're, it's bad, but it's not healthy. And if you're continually putting that in your mind as a believer, those things will permeate your spirit. Absolutely. Because when I was in, uh, not high school, when I was in college, I worked at a restaurant and there was secular music playing all the time. And then like I was with my mom in the car one day and the song popped on and I knew every lyric and I didn't even know, like I knew that song. And she was like, how did you know that? I was like, I have no idea. But then I realized it played in the restaurant all the time. And even if I wasn't like intentionally listening to it, it got into my head. I'm a musician, so I can hear a song once and know it. But Right. <laughs> but yeah. That, that's the hard thing when the Lord has gifted you and you're like, oh, I can hear it and it doesn't take long for it to get in there. So, yeah. yeah. So exactly. it's important, I think, if you want to remain pure and have a pure heart, a pure mind, that you be listening to things that mm-hmm. that encourage that and mm-hmm. not things that drive you away from it. Again, being intentional. That's yeah. key here. And that's the truth. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures about purity of the mind that stuck out to me. So the first one is Philippians 4, 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it is important what we keep in our mind constantly. It's important. Do not feed those negative thoughts. Do not dwell on the negative 
always find the positive. Yeah. There's a positive in everything because God works everything out for our good. So even when it doesn't feel good, it's going to be worked out for our good. We just got to keep reminding ourselves that. Scripture also says not to be anxious about anything. So. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like the verses right above is that. It really? Yeah, because it's <laughs> oh, yeah, four, it is. Seven, seven. So <laughs> look at you. All right. And then the other scripture that kind of stuck out to me was um, Proverbs 1526, which says, The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. So he detests those thoughts that are not of him. And I don't want God to detest anything about me. So be careful what you're thinking. Because the Lord knows. He knows exactly every thought that you have. I think, too, if you're struggling with your thoughts, get somebody to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Tell somebody. Because I think sometimes people, believers especially, I think they suffer alone and they suffer in silence because they feel condemned. Mm -hmm. And and I think if you really truly have friends who are walking in righteousness, they will not condemn you if you reach out. Mm -hmm. They're going to uplift you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to help you seek to walk in righteousness Mm -hmm. instead of... Saying, oh, I can't believe that. I can't. And just a quick example. My mom has a longtime friend from high school she's been communicating with. And she called me the other day. She's like, she didn't respond to my message. And she, my mom had opened up about some personal things. And she was like, she didn't respond to my message. I guess that, I guess that it was just too much for her. And I was like, maybe not. And then a couple hours later, she, I was at her house and she said, she just messaged me back. And she said, she's so sorry it took her so long, but she wanted to really make sure that she responded with all her attention mm-hmm. and just said that she said, no, I don't think any differently of you because, you know, you're a woman of God and just affirmed her in the midst of my mom sharing some things that were hard. And so I think that that's how believers should respond to one another is mm-hmm. when someone shares something with you that's difficult or they're, they're walking through, it shouldn't be a condemnation. Condemnation it should be something that's like, how can I pray for you? Or, you know what? You're doing great. God's got you. You can keep going. You know, I think that if we will become that kind of people, that attracts other people. That would mm-hmm. attract a non-believer easily. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love the way they are. They're always encouraging. You know, mm-hmm. that changes how people see you. Absolutely. Absolutely. At my work, I'm known as the encourager. So, like, and I, I love I being I, I love being that and the cheerleader. Like, yeah, I yeah. can see that you're one of my biggest cheerleaders for sure. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to talk about purity of the soul and spirit, which is probably my favorite because, for those of you that don't know, we are made up of of body, soul, and spirit. And, and mind and heart. And so uh, God cares about each of those. But our soul is what separates us from all other living beings. And so that's how we are made in his likeness. Because we have a soul. And that soul is either going to heaven or hell. And I don't know about you, but I ain't got time to burn. So, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for heaven. You don't have uh, time to burn, literally. There's no time to burn when you're on this earth. You only got so much of it. Anyhow. <laughs> okay. Puns for days. All right. So we're going to read some scripture about purity of the soul, and then we're going to talk about it. So while I'm looking up this, what do you have to say about purity of the soul? Um, yeah, I would say it probably is my favorite because mm-hmm. I tell you what, there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like being connected to him. Uh, you know, once you've spent time in his presence, there's different there's different ways to spend time in his presence. Mm-hmm. And there's different um, connections, I would say. So when you're reading God's word, you connect in one way. When you pray, you connect in another way. When you worship, you connect in another way. And I think depending on what, um, how you receive love and how you give love determines which one of those environments. And like when you're in a corporate worship service, it's totally different than when you're by yourself worshiping. 
and I know for us, because we're both musically inclined, leading praise and worship like fills our tanks majorly. Um, it's just, an, uh, I can't, I, for people who have not experienced it, it's just, ah, man, the pre- mm-hmm. when the presence of the Lord falls, when you're leading worship, it's not a prideful thing. It's a, it's a very humbling feeling. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's a very humbling feeling that God would, God would gift me and allow me mm-hmm. to enter into his presence and to, and to, for, to gather other people into his presence. I don't know. It's just, you said it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing like it to be in the presence of the Lord. And it fills my soul and my spirit in a way that nothing else does. And so that might, for someone else, that might be reading scripture or studying God's word or writing things down. For someone else, it might be praying. And so each person receives that in whatever way they need to from the Lord. You found your scripture. I did. Okay. I was trying to do it so gently so y'all didn't hear it. It was great. All right. So we're going to start. Okay. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 4. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses. Wow. I'm being very encouraging right now. In beating, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love in truthful speech and in the power of god with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left i love that scripture but it says in purity through the holy spirit he's the only one that can make us pure we can't make ourselves pure but it's being connected with the holy spirit every day every second of every day it's not just like oh yeah i got connected with them sunday morning i'm good for the week no like constantly being connected with the holy spirit and allowing the holy spirit um, to allow you discern in yourself when things mm-hmm. are not pure, but also in others yeah. when things are not pure. But doing that in love. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. We don't do the convicting. We present it, and then the Holy Spirit does the rest. Right. And that's something that people miss. They think they have, they, they're the ones that are convicting. They're the ones doing the work. No, honey bun, you're the one that's just presenting it, and then, then you back off and let the Holy Spirit do their work. Yeah. Do its work. He does the work. preparing of the hearts, you know. And, and I think, too... You know, when we pray and we ask the Lord, I'll ask the Lord, you know, prepare hearts and minds. I'll let them be ready to receive whatever it is that you have for them. Mm-hmm. Not what I have for them, exactly. because I don't do any of that work. It's all his. Mm-hmm. You said praying or connecting with the Holy Spirit 24-7 made me think the last couple of nights I've woken up, like I wake up often on near the middle of the night, have for years. Um, it's a, I have a hard time turning my brain off when I go to go to sleep, but, um, last couple of nights I've awakened and just laid there and prayed and over my kids and, you know, just so over some things that are on my heart and my mind. And it's like, when you do that, you don't realize, you know, that there's such a peace when he comes and he ministers to those areas that only he hears only those things that he knows. So. And when you're connected with the Spirit at all times, you almost get this uneasiness, an uneasy feeling when when things are not right. Because you're so connected, you'll know something's off. Mm-hmm. And then he guides you. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, my mom's calls it, uh-oh, yucky. You know, that discernment. Yeah. Those red flags. Because yeah. when you're, yeah, we call them red flags today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're connected with the Holy Spirit on a re- the regular, you'll know. Mm-hmm. You know when something's up, you know. And and because of that, I think we're able to minister in a different way 
you know, when you're connected and you're listening, mm-hmm. you can minister in a different way. When you're allowing your spirit to walk in purity, then your mind is walking in purity and your heart is walking in purity and your body's walking in purity. Then you're able to minister at a different, in a totally different way than you would if you were being held back in one of those areas. And letting the Lord speak to you at all times, being willing to listen at all times. Yeah. Having your heart and your ears open to what he's saying at all times, which is, which takes intentionality and discipline. Mm-hmm. And us being still and not thinking we have all the answers. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. The next scripture that I had was somewhere. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8. That is not right. I wrote that down totally wrong because that has nothing to do with purity. So we're going to do <laughs> Hebrews 9, 14. There you go. Listen, I did this late at night after work and hey. after work I have no brain. Okay. Let's see here. We're talking about purity of soul. We are talking about purity of the soul, and none of these scriptures are done. Anyway, so we're just going to keep keep talking. So I thought there was one in there that talked about it. You said First Timothy 4.10? Yes, 4.12. 4.12. Okay. Let not anybody look down on you because you're young, but be an example to all believers. Uh, I don't know, the rest in purity. And yes, exactly. Yeah. That's the one I was looking for. So, yes. So it doesn't matter how old you are. You can walk in purity. Yeah. And I think that's important because, um, you know, even little kids can learn to walk. Mm-hmm. Even little, even the young can can walk that way. And I think too, you know, as you become adult, it's a little bit easier. When you're a kid, it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got you want to be accepted by your peers, and you want them to like you, and you walk through, you know, doubting yourself, and you're growing up and trying to figure out who you are, who you are in the Lord, who you are as a person. There's a lot of complications. So I think. Those of us who have walked through that, I said before, um, earlier today to my kids, I, to my daughter, I, or my son, I said, your sister's already been where you are, mm-hmm. so learn from her. Listen to her advice. I think that discipleship is huge in learning mm-hmm. to walk in purity. You know, we should disciple one another. You know, I talk all the time, iron sharpens iron. You know, when we learn disciple to disciple one another and grow together, we are stronger, and then we can walk in purity. Mm-hmm. And I wanted wanted to kind of talk about this, too. I don't think purity is talked about enough in the church. No. I think pastors, I don't know why, um, shy away from this topic. Because I could probably count on one hand the amount of sermons that I've heard about purity. I think, I want to say that a lot of pastors stay away from purity because... Typically, we're talking about sexual purity, not Mm -hmm. all of these other. The other topics are fairly easy topics, I think. Mm -hmm. Talking about purity of the heart, purity of the mind, purity of the spirit, I think those are fairly easy topics to cover. I think sexual purity is the one that people most think about. Mm -hmm. And so then that and then it leads itself into some political, a little bit of political area. Mm -hmm. And so they, I think, shy away because they don't want to be condemned. But the truth of the matter is, is if we don't come out as the body of Christ strong and start talking about purity, specifically sexual purity and i think too purity of mind mm-hmm. i think those two are, are really pure purity of heart too it's yeah it's easy to think your soul is pure because it comes from god yeah yeah you know but um purity of of mind purity of your body if we don't start talking about it i think that we're going to see 
begin to continue to see, because we're already seeing it, a culture of people who don't do not understand what purity is. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. people are getting it from somewhere. I'd rather them get it from behind the pulpit, yeah. from a biblical perspective, than from social media and everywhere else that they are already getting it. Yeah. I saw uh, something the other day where a someone who was a believer, I guess he's not doing a podcast, but he was like interviewing people. And he had a guy on his, uh, so he was like in, on the street interviewing people. And this, he asked this guy, he's like, do you go to church? He said, yeah, I'm Catholic. He's like, okay, so what do you know about purity? And it was this particular topic and talking about sexual purity. You know, do you, have you had sex before marriage? What do you think about kissing before marriage and all these things? And he was like, well, yeah, I don't think it's any big deal. And he's like, but what does God say? What does the Bible say? And he said, well, I'm just going to keep living my life. And he said, but but God, God's word says that these things are sin and sin is, leads you to hell like you if you continue on in sinning and you don't ask for forgiveness and you don't turn from it then you will end up in hell and he's like yeah but i'm just like my life i'm gonna keep living my life i was like oh my goodness and even the guy who was interviewing me he said man i'm gonna pray for you mm-hmm. but that's the culture we live in yeah that's what's scary that's not just one person like that's the culture we live in is just like i'm just gonna live my life and see what happens no what's gonna happen is you're gonna end up in hell I mean, that's the reality. I, I don't like to tell people like that. Like, that's that's hard. That's a h- very harsh reality. It's a mm-hmm. harsh thing to say. But the reality is, is, if you don't learn to walk in purity and you don't follow Jesus, if you don't call on him, if you don't ask for forgiveness of your sins, then you will one day end up in hell. And so that that to me is the saddest thing, like for someone to choose, willingly choose to walk in sin. Mm-hmm. And that just... I don't want to start crying. <laughs> that breaks again. It's that fine. breaks my heart that someone would choose that would choose a lifestyle or choose things that would lead them to death, hell, and the grave. Like mm-hmm. I just I cannot fathom. Mm-hmm. And so if we as as leaders and teachers can step up and step out and say, you know what? It's going to be hard, but I'm going to talk about this subject and I'm going to encourage people to walk in purity. And I think, too, you know, we talked uh, the last time I think I was on your show, we we're doing we talked about ex-evangelical it, with people leaving the church and, mm-hmm. and walking away from their faith. I think that the purity culture of my time has caused a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's sad. It's sad that people... Some churches took it to a, a direction or a level that really drove people away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that purity drives people away from the Lord. No. Purity should draw you closer Absolutely. to Jesus. Wanting to be ch- pure and wanting to live for him and wanting to do what he's called us to do should draw you closer to a relationship with him. And if it's driven you away, then it was done in a way that didn't honor the word. That's my opinion. I agree. And then lastly, I want to say that parents need to be more willing to talk about it with their kids they, yeah. they shy away from it because it, it is uncomfortable having that talk with your kids because you know no parent wants to see their kids you know just think about their kids in that realm of sexual purity but again if they're not hearing it from you they're hearing it from their friends and other people you need to set the standard in your home yeah we talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago for us i've tried as my kids were age appropriate so um and two, if my kids are going, a lot of people don't let their kids spend the night anymore. I let my kids spend the night when they were a certain age, uh, when I knew that they could understand things like good touch, bad touch, and they could protect themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So my kids didn't spend the night places that weren't, that I felt weren't safe. Mm-hmm. 
But I had to explain to them. And even now with my son, he's older now and he spends a lot of his friend's house. And I love all of his friends. I'm the, they're all, all the families are Christians. Like there's no reason for me to even question, you Mm -hmm. know, what goes on. But I do know that Satan is a liar and he's a tempter and he will stir up stuff. And so every time before he goes to a friend's house, I'm like, okay, remember if somebody shows you something that you know is inappropriate or you feel is inappropriate or gives you a sick feeling or makes you uncomfortable. I said, tell me, we will talk about it. We will, we will, you know, work through it. We will get your friend help, whatever that looks like. I said, no condemnation, no judgment. Just let me know because it's my job to protect you. I know mom. I know, you know, you get to that point with your teenagers, but that relationship didn't start then in those moments, it started when he was little and we were having those conversations of what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, you know, how, when to talk to someone, Mm -hmm. you don't, if you don't have those conversations, I think a lot of kids suffer from things that happen to them when they're little, because there's not conversations happening with parents. Mm -hmm. And so I started those conversations when our kids were really small, especially with, um, my daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. having those conversations and I'm a weird parent when it comes to stuff like that. But, you know, I think because we've had those open conversations as they hit puberty, we had those conversations of here's the mechanics of how it works and, you know, in appropriate ways. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I told you, I, and I don't want to be too graphic, but I used the, um, my dad was a uh, builder and so he had electrical plugs. So I used the electrical plug analogy or, or example so they would understand without making it graphic. Because when you make things too graphic, then it becomes uncomfortable. They don't want to talk to you about it anymore. Mm-hmm. My son says, you talk to me about stuff like this all the time. Well, it's because I want to be the one he comes to Absolutely. or his dad, but like, yeah, you know, I'm at home with him all the yeah, time. Yeah. That's the big thing is parents need to make sure that their kids are not afraid mm-hmm. to come to them and ask those questions. Yeah. Like you need to be their safe space yeah. because if you're not, then they're going to try to make somebody else. That's not who their safe space needs to be. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're struggling, like, I don't know what the age demographic for your podcast is, but if somebody's listening and they're struggling, reach out to a believer who has kids maybe mm-hmm. a little bit older than yours and ask them, you know, what did you talk about? There's tons of good um, material out there, but find somebody who maybe you have the similar belief system as far as like purity and that kind of thing, or just start asking around, when did you tell your kids this thing? When did you ta- start talking? How did you tell your kids? Because you can get sources from different information from several different sources yeah. and kind of put it together and make it work for you and your family because every family is different. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a, a pat answer. But I think that if you're wanting to talk with your kids, there is a healthy way to go about doing it. And if you do it in a healthy way, they'll come back when they want more information. So that and I, I th- say this, I read on uh, social media with somebody who attends our church currently, their child was asking where babies come from and they were in the car on the way home from school. And she was like, she posted it. So I'm repeating it, but she was like, um, do you, that's more in-depth conversation than needs to happen in the car. Do you want to discuss it when you get home? He says, no, I don't think I really want to know that bad. <laughs> so, I mean, your kids will tell you when they're done. Like mm-hmm. that's the tr- the truth of the matter is is when they've a- when they ask you questions, don't give leading answers. Answer their question to the fullness of the question that's asked and let them ask the next question when they're little. There comes a point when they become teenagers when you have to open the door and they're super uncomfortable and awkward about it, but it's important to have the conversation. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So we're going to start wrapping up the episode. Um, So I'm going to pray and then we'll end this shindig. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you um, 
that you um, allowed us to come and to talk about this topic that I feel is um, under talked about in, in the in the church world. Um, God, I pray for every listener who is on here that may be struggling with purity of the mind, soul, spirit, heart, body. God, I pray that you would just be with them, God, that they would find people in their life, godly people in their life that they can go to um, to get help with this, God, that they would get in your word, um, that they would spend time with you in prayer and in worship, God, that that um, they would seek your purity and not the purity of this world. Um, God, I pray for every listener that has listened. I pray that they would have a blessed week, God, and that you would be with them and that they would um, be revealed your truth and not the truth of this world. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. Thank you, Pastor Cherokee, for being my guest. Thanks for having or me. our guest, really, because <laughs> we're all a family here. Um, and so just leading into next week, you're not going to want to miss next week's podcast it's just gonna be me i know just gonna have to listen to my voice but it's gonna be a good one and then the following week my uncle roy is gonna be on the podcast in from michigan and we're gonna be talking about living a victorious christian life so stay tuned don't leave all right i will talk to you guys later bye